I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Lane, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. Today is a, a special edition of, of the Gloom. Uh, we've got uh, three people on today. Um, we've got uh, Big One, Sparty, and Tater Tot are on uh, the call today, really to share with us some exciting um, news about the F3 Omaha Foundation. Uh, I had a chance to read through a, a newsletter um, before, so I feel like I'm I'm up to speed. But <clears throat> man, it's amazing just reading some of that stuff. Uh, that we've done as a region through the foundation, but also uh, it's exciting to see where where things are going. Um, and so I, I want to give these guys a chance to really um, just share that with with people that might be listening, and also um, maybe just to get guys pumped up about what this next year has to offer. So, um, as you guys know, all three of these men have been leaders of AOs. They've been uh, leaders on a, a higher level. Um, Tater Todd is our uh, longest running Nantan, uh, <laughs> big one just handed off the, the weasel shaker role to uh, slow pitch. But um, I'm looking at Sparty here and he's just got the biggest smile on his face. I, I know this is like uh, just his passion area. And so I wonder, Sparty, if you would uh, just kick us off. What, um, what are some exciting things you want the packs to know about the foundation? Yeah, so the foundation, the thing that I really enjoy the most about it is that um, I was just a, a PAX member that had an idea and I took it to some guys in some leadership roles and it wasn't necessarily their mission, but they believed in me and loved me enough that they were going to help, help me carry out that mission. And so maybe we could start with just kind of giving a, a quick background as to how this all started. Um, it, it goes back to 2020, uh, when we were hit with COVID and we had all the mandates and um, people were you know, trapped to their homes. We were still getting out in the gloom and working out um, as packs and no more than 10 people at a time in a group. We were following rules. Anyway, and as, as we got deeper into COVID, um, I was finding myself wanting to do more um, and searching for more. And so I reached out to, to Tater Todd a handful of times and just let him know like, hey man, I'm, I'm exploring something deeper here that I, that I want to do. Um, and then it was, it was about June in 2020 when um, the Floyd murder or death happened in Minnesota and things really changed ar around the country. And I think this is kind of what sparked it for me. And it just so happened right around that time, I saw something posted on Twitter from um, F3 Lexington, which is in South Carolina. And what they do is... Um, they have some sort of relation to a firefighter that died at 9-11 um, that was climbing uh, one of the buildings in, in New York City when it collapsed. And so what they did in Lexington was they do their own 9-11 CSOP event every September. And from the money they raise in that event, they give a scholarship to a local young man from their high school. 
And so this kind of prompted the idea for me. And I reached out to uh, one of the guys that was helping run that event uh, who put his name on the back blast and I actually read and, and found this report. And it made me think like, what am I passionate about? What do I really uh, want to make an impact in our community with? And something that I truly believe, and I've shared this in a few COTs, that um, I, I really want to change the world. And I believe in what Dread has started here. Uh, what's a little different for me is I think that if we start this with younger men, um, like in high school, it, it could have a lasting impact uh, on the world. And so I wanted to help in a way similar to what they were doing. So I wanted to figure out, you know, how do they create this scholarship? Um, how do they create this event? How do they plan it? What did they do? They gave some really good advice. Um, and so I took that and kind of spun the wheels myself. And then I approached Tater Tot and wait time is around that time they were transitioning uh, the Nantan responsibility from wait time over to Tater Tot. They really liked it. And they said, hey, I think we could do this. Um, it was really easy to rope in uh, Lemon Law at that point because he was uh, our, our cue for the third F. And if you know Tater Tot, um, usually if he's got an idea and there's something that he needs to talk through with somebody, uh, he brings in the big one. And so uh, we all got breakfast at Wheatfields, had a great time. And one of the pieces of advice that we learned from the guys from South Carolina was um, they didn't do it till the third year, but it also helped to create um, a nonprofit foundation. And so at that point, it was like, well, maybe we should bring in a lawyer. And I don't, I don't know if we have any lawyers that are in F3 Omaha. Um, definitely weren't going to look at Pony to come in and help just based upon the way he dresses for these phone calls. Uh, anyway, so we reached out to Nodos, and Nodos had, at the time, no idea how to create this, as this was not part of um, what he does in his practice. But he said he was willing to ask around in his office, and uh, lo and behold, he, he did a ton of legwork to get a nonprofit created. And one of the biggest things was um, you need to make sure that the foundation is created um, to be successful and strong. Um, and we had to think about the size of our foundation that we we're going to create. And we knew we needed to have an odd number to um, be able to vote on certain things. And with that being said, it gave us a really good opportunity to kind of explore between ourselves, you know, who else could we add that could add a tremendous amount of experience um, and knowledge. And so it was pretty easy to, to reach out to Brazilian and add them to the group. And that, that's how we established uh, the foundation. You know, Sparty, I, I love your, your passion, and I think we maybe covered this on, on your episode, but one of the things that I, you know, I think what, you know, guys around you or just that hear your story, um, they kind of think, well, wow, I, I maybe don't, I don't know what my purpose is, or I don't know, you know, what, where do I give back to the community, or maybe my family or whatever is going on in my life doesn't allow me to do that, or, you know, there's a lot of kind of noble excuses that, that guys might come up with, but ultimately, right, better, better men, um, stronger men as leaders, right, creates a stronger community. And, and that's kind of what we know and we see. But like, where were you at? I mean, how did you how did you get to that point where you were like, even asking yourself that question? I mean, is that a spiritual journey? Was that just like, kind of part of your career? Or, or what brought you to that place where you were like, I want a purpose bigger than myself? I mean, how did you get there? Um, I think 
deep down, I, I knew that from just simply being a father um, and kind of the legacy I wanted to have with my own um, children and what I wanted to do with them. And then when June hit, I actually reached out to a handful of um, men that I have known for a long time and looked up to and just sat down to listen to, you know, their stories as being black men and growing up and being raised in Omaha, Nebraska and offered no feedback or answers, just wanted to hear, you know, the hurt and pain that they've experienced. And then from that, I think my wheels have started spinning and, and realizing like things that I'm, I'm passionate about and I really like to be a part of and help is like, I love coaching kids. Um, I think that's probably one of the easiest ways to have an impact and mentor. Um, and then again, just realizing the problem that I was most passionate about was I, I want to help create a solution that's sustaining. Um, and I think looking to our youth is, is the best way to find that. So all those things just kind of loop together. Um, but it definitely was some serious soul searching for a solid three to four months. And I, and I love that, right? Because this is the time of year, right? Guys are hopefully figuring out their values, maybe doing the one word thing or the eight block or some other exercise to kind of reflect on the year of 2021 and get ready for 2022. So perfect time for guys to kind of get, get in that mindset of what is it that you want to accomplish this year? And maybe it's not. I mean, it probably isn't starting a foundation, right? But maybe it's um, figuring out how they can get involved. And um, I, I want to um, kind of pick the brains of a big one and, and Tater here for a minute because, you know, there's been some guys in the packs that are maybe confused, right? Initially, when when this came out, it was like, well, wait a minute, F3 Omaha, F3 is free. That's one of our core principles. And, you know, so, so there's some you know, maybe confusion there that we could use this time to maybe clear up. But I also want to just um, just talk through from a, a leadership perspective. I mean, how did how did that, you know, when you guys were approached with this idea, how did you uh, kind of maneuver that just from a leadership perspective? It sounds like um, just leaning on guys around you or what else was helpful there? This is Tater Tot speaking. <clears throat> um, Sparty, great job on walking through that. Sometimes you forget all the little idiosyncrasies that go into how this all came about to paint that picture. Um, I will try my best to add a little bit of historical context uh, that allows us to maybe get back to and go into, you know, sometimes one person's vision isn't everybody's vision. Uh, and I know we work through that piece as well. So it's a really good point, Plague. But I can remember the first time meeting a man by the name of Liverpool and I've, I've talked about Liverpool before others have talked about Liverpool as well but that's one of wait times good friends he's from the F3 Carpax region in the Carolinas he was an influencer and in helping start F3 Omaha uh, at the time F3 Omaha had just turned one and wait time would host leadership meetings in his basement um, and some of the best food you've ever had on the land um, usually barbecue and he would invite sometimes special guests to come join and Liverpool was that special guest and again we don't know who Liverpool is but he came to share his story he sat down amongst men he didn't know he gave insight um, to where you know F3 is currently but maybe where the next investment should be in order to truly accelerate we use that term a lot what was interesting um, was maybe unknowingly at the time for F3 that we were building and strengthening our foundation, if you will, 
to allow us to catapult into that third F. I don't know that if we would have started with the third F mentality that we'd be where we are today, specifically with the foundation. But I'll never forget what Wait Time said in regard to the third F specifically um, as it applies to all three Fs as well. And I'm going to make him sound a lot smarter than what he is right now. But he said to me, if someone is passionate about something and wants to get behind a cause or have an impact and willing to share their vision and put in the work, there are men in this group that will follow, help, and lead. You just have to find them. And that is exactly what Sparty did with this mission. We all can remember those, those COTs or those times he came up to you or if it was at Wheatfields. And when he'd speak, he knew exactly what his intent was of the words he was using. He knew the direction he wanted to go with his life. And those that listened were like, I can follow this. I can get behind this. And so at that time, there were some moments where like, is this what F3 Omaha or what our mission is uh, in F3 Nation? We don't know, but we know that something good could come out of this. Let's explore it. And that was the fun part. Just listening and watching a man be passionate about something. And we followed so I just wanted to take that time to kind of share where Liverpool said, find that third F because that's where you're really going to grow in F3 Omaha. And, and now in this last year, and you can explore more than just the foundation and, and what Wentworth and many, many others in that third F component have been able to build upon. Uh, we have totally changed the mindset of, of what F3 is in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I love that, Tater. That's really good. And I think um, to your point, I remember when we started Paradise, I, I wanted to start with the third F, uh, but then quickly, you know, wait time, um, the genius that he is was like, well, we should run or do something beforehand, right? And there is this element <laughs> where that, the like, they, that's why there's three Fs, right? They all go together so well and, and actually create a better third F experience. And so I think um, that's that's really good insight there. I, I also um, one of the cool things so um, that we've been able to do is have this F3 Omaha Foundation and continue to serve in several other third F capacities. And um, you know I, I think it's it's one of those things where it's it's not just the F3 Omaha Foundation. That's not the only third F opportunity there is. And so we continue to just. I mean, whatever it is, right? Blood drives or book studies, Q source discussions or Heartland Hope or Abide or, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. So, I mean, I think it's, it's really, really cool. But I wonder if you could, um, and, and I don't know who would be best to share this. I'll let you guys decide. But I'm reading this newsletter here and then just blown away by some of the, I'll call them stats, but just the impact um, that we've had just in this first year. Um, I wonder if you'd be able to just kind of share some of those things uh, out loud with, with the guys. Here. So when we started this, I think uh, some of the guys challenged me and they said, hey, what's your goal for this year? And I said, oh, $20,000 would be awesome. And I think I could see the skepticism on their face. Um, I also thought that if we raised $20,000, we could just pay out $20,000. And I realized that we're going to need funds for paying for events and, and shirts and a lot of other things. So 
there's a lot of education for me and um, part of the reason why it's important for us to lean on um, other people and also to have um, people that are passionate um, but and like-minded in, in the mission, but not necessarily um, agree with you. So they, they challenged me a lot, which was really good. Um, so yeah, so that was that was the goal is we wanted to set out to to raise twenty thousand dollars. And this was October, November of last year when we were meeting to discuss this. And then we got to the beginning of 2021 and Roadhouse reached out to me and said, Hey, we're gonna do the CSOP on January 2nd. There's always a third F component to the CSOPs. And he said, Why don't we raise money? The PACs can donate whatever they want, and we'll use that money to kickstart the foundation. I was like, I'm not asking you guys to do that, but if that's what you want to do, that's really awesome. I, I really appreciate that. And so that's how we got um, everything started. And, and I think uh, Tater Tot shared some stats. I think it was like five to $6,000 uh, that we raised just from that initial CSOP. And then guys, the word started getting out. <clears throat> the next thing you know, they're like, hey, let's do queen service, raise a bunch of money, and we can donate this to Heartland Hope. And, you know, we're getting this nice little nest egg, and we're volunteering at the Heartland Hope Center um, on a regular basis. We went to North Star, and we bought a bunch of young men, you know, some meals for after their lacrosse team. We went to Avenue Scholars and talked to young men about the importance of fitness and how that plays a role in, in being a leader. Um, and we bought them food. And it was like, man, this feels really good. Um, and so it, it was nice to see the, the packs buy into this idea that there's so much more that we can be doing. Um, and that was before we even started looking at the brick building. And, um, I think where I spent a lot of my time and energy leading up to the event, which I'm sure we'll get to is, uh, I knew that in order to make this be successful, and this is part of the feedback I received from the guys from Lexington is it's great to have packs donate money. Um, and, and you can make an impact that way, but getting in touch with local businesses um, that believe in your mission and, and what you're trying to accomplish and getting them to put funds toward as being sponsors for the event is where you're going to really take this to the next level. And they learned that year three. And so we were very fortunate to get that advice up front. And so I spent a lot of time in February, March, April, May, um, June, along with Big One, um, Tater Tot, Birdman, Roadhouse, um, wait time helped out as well. And just talking to these local companies um, about what we were doing, our mission. Some of them uh, were a little skeptical. It was the first year. We had no idea what the hell we were doing. Um, and others are like, I love, I love everything about this. Um, we don't have a lot of funds to give you in year one, um, but come back next year and then we'll be able to, to continue to do this. And so I think we raised somewhere in the ballpark of like $15,000 just simply from companies um, believing what we are doing and saying we we want to support this and financially they gladly handed over some money awesome and that's uh, you know that's not even including the the brick builder um event i you know what i love about this too is um if you if anybody has listened to the most recent uh eight block um edition um they talk about uh it, 
uh, ALR, so ask, listen, and remember, right? So it's kind of like you get to know other guys and you remember what they're good at and, and then you lean on them, right? You, this idea of like, you don't have to be a, you know, expert at everything. And so just leaning on the guys around you, the guys in Lexington and like asking for help, you know, I, I think that's the, um, my favorite, uh, you know, quote from, from slow pitch is, is we all get in this mindset of like, I've got it, but the reality is like, I just have an idea and I need help. And so, you know, how can we just build those relationships and get to know the people that we're, we're spending time with so that we can uh, know who to ask for help. So I, I love that, um, this example that you provided there. So, so the brick builder, you know, we had been doing CSOPs, right? And so we, we do, had, had traditionally done CSOPs in F3 Omaha. We had some third F components. Um, I think our first, you know, one of our, the first CSOPs I remember we thought was like huge, had 50 guys there. Uh, and now, you know, that's a small number now. That's an average Friday. Um, but the brick builder was different. Um, and I, I want to get your, just your take. And I, I would love, um, Big One has such a, a sexy radio voice. I would love to hear uh, his take. But like, talk me through that, like just the planning, the anxiety, um, kind of the buildup. And then, and then there had to be like this amazing feeling uh, day of the event. But would love to hear from each of you kind of on your um, experience in, in the, some of the planning and just uh, participation in that. Um, yeah, I'll hop in. Uh, so it's a big one here. Um, yeah, you know, Tater Todd has enough anxiety for, for all of us. Um, so he did a really good job of, of helping us remember the things that we were missing. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, Sparty has, has this grand idea and, and I was right there behind him running with him and, and, uh, Tater Todd, I think did a really good job of, of thinking of all the, the little details um, that that maybe we we weren't always thinking, but uh, it, it was an evolution. You know, we we wanted it to be uh, somewhat reflective of an F three workout, but also have its own own identity. Uh, we ran into a lot of different challenges throughout the uh, the course of planning it. Uh, originally, we were thinking about uh, potentially having it downtown. Uh, you know, kind of in conjunction with the College World Series or, or right around that, that time, uh, we thought potentially a run starting at Creighton's campus and uh, going through downtown. Uh, for a number of reasons, we, we found out that wasn't going to be doable. Uh, we looked at other sites um, and, and eventually settled on, on Creighton Prep because it had really everything that, that we were looking for. Um, and, and then through that, we ended up putting together uh, an event committee. Uh, Icy Hot and Jean-Claude really took, took the reins and uh, did a phenomenal job with that. And I, I think as we went on, uh, we learned the, uh, the importance of, of bringing other people in and, and delegating and realizing that, you know, that it really was going to take a village, so to speak, to, to put this on. So we broke, broke down into different subcommittees, if you will, like I said, Icy Hot and Jean-Claude did an awesome job. Um, and then we had others uh, kind of help plan the event, like Bubbles and Khakis, and then other guys jump on board as far as um, just kind of helping with, with day of. So it was definitely an evolution. It wasn't something that, that just happened uh, overnight, but it was a lot of collaboration, uh, a lot of tater tot, uh, reminding us of the, of the little details that maybe we were forgetting from, from time to time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool 
uh, seeing it all come together there there in June. But, uh, and that that's just kind of a, a, a brief uh, summary. Uh, feel free, fellas, to, to add anything. I, I think what's <clears> – <throat> you did a great job, big one. Let me just, let me just start there. Uh, and great to hear your voice and be a part of this conversation. Um, I think what we forget sometimes is <clears> – <throat> You, you, you remember the end result. You remember the end feeling and how hard it can be to get through there, that mud and that yuck and those hard conversations um, because you may have a vision. Sparty may have a vision. I may have a thought of how it sh I want it to go. Big one may have a feel. You bring in more committee members. They have different opinions. Um, and we all work in places uh, at, in our day-to-day -day job where sometimes those conversations, they just don't go well or they don't end well. Uh, and they don't collaborate well. And this one was surrounded around um, initially a man's vision that we wanted to be sensitive to and listen to because that's what sparked it, but to also add in our own flares, which can be a delicate conversation um, as you go through and make these decisions. So I guess, you know, I was really proud of how guys work together uh, when there was conflict or if a difference of, a di of an opinion, um, how those were resolved. It just showed that <clears throat> the, the platform of F3 and just being respectful of other people as you go through a process can actually work. Um, and so the end result, um, you know, and I think khakis and, and Bubbles stood very proud on that turf that day, watching people just be defeated by that last 50 yards of bear crawl. Um, all of those moments and memories that we had on that field that day, it was a giant celebration. And as Sparty handed over um, to the winner's circles, we all knew it wasn't about a winner that day. It was, much, it was a, part, a part something much, much greater and bigger. Uh, that took just a lot of work and effort. And so we remember the end feeling, but sometimes we forget how much work it took to get there. So just proud to be a part of that process. We went into our first committee meeting and what we were blown away with and found out was that John claude is somebody that can really take things by the reins and organize it and keep people accountable. Because um, I, I the, honestly thought- the ultimate, the ultimate taskmaster. Yeah, <laughs> we all worked a little scared. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it was for me, it was an incredible relief. I didn't ask him to do it. Um, I don't know if he felt he needed to do it because it wasn't happening. But at some point in our first committee meeting, he just kind of took the reins, got real organized with things. And then going forward, he really facilitated the meetings and kept us all accountable, created, you know, spreadsheets of who's getting what done by when. And so you know, huge shout out to John Claude for doing that because um, what he by him doing that, it, the event would not have been what it was. People said that it felt like it was ran really well. So khakis and bubbles, we gave them the responsibility to actually create the workout. What some people may not know is um, we did the workout like three or four times. Like so, we prepped. We went the first time and like we took time. We stopped. We talked. We actually reversed the direction we were running we moved things around and so when people showed up the day of the brick builder they weren't just showing up and we're going to see what happens uh it was something that we experienced ourselves and we made changes that we thought would be best for uh, the event and so that was really awesome 
the other thing I wanted to just share is just the feeling of, of the event. I think I had so much going on inside my head when it came time for like the event to start. Uh, I didn't know what to say, what to do. Um, I, <laughs> I dropped the ball on that. And I think uh, we'll definitely make sure that that's improved for year two. But after we started, it was like one of the greatest feelings of joy I've ever had in my life. Just seeing people moving around, things were happening, all the time and energy and effort that everybody had put into this, like it, it was really moving well. And um, I was just so happy to be a part of it. And I felt so much love from everybody that was, you know, just helping, volunteering and, and the guys, their faces while they're going through the workout. I know some of them it really, really sucked, but at the same time, they enjoyed it. And so it just, it felt amazing. Something I've never had before. One thing that, that was different about the brick builder versus other CSOPs is that we wanted this to be open to the community and, and we want this to continue to be open to the community, not only from a fundraising standpoint, but from a participation standpoint. Um, and, and I just thought it was really, really cool to see uh, people from the community that aren't necessarily F3 members, or at least weren't maybe then, maybe they are now, um, as long as women uh, participating in it. Um, it, that was just cool, you know, that we, we know what we go through on a daily basis. And obviously that was, that was more than what we go through on a daily basis, but it was cool to, to see others from the community uh, kind of be part of the packs for that day um, along with potentially their wives or, or coworkers that were women. There was an all, all female team. Uh, so that, that was really cool just to see non, non F3 people go through, uh, you know, a CSOP of sorts Um and just kind of, kind of see that that extension of F three uh, go out into the community. And we knew it was going to be difficult, and we wanted it to be difficult. Um, but I, I think we also we wanted the the participants to feel like they had a, a team that they were going through this with. We didn't want anybody to feel like they were just out there on their on their own. Um, you know, we also kind of went back and forth with whether or not it's a competition. Is it you versus you, or is it is it you know, truly a competition. I think the, the one thing we came back to is we wanted people to, you know, try as absolutely hard as they could. And so I think there, there was that, that time kind of winning component to it. Uh, I don't think we wanted that to be the, the main focus, but we did want to, to have that kind of out there. Um, but yeah, ultimately, um, you know, with F3, everything we do is, it, you know, yes, I guess we're individuals when we're doing it, but it really is as a team we're out there as a team every day and um i think we wanted the people doing that to to feel that and, and to feel you know doing those exercises cumulatively and being able to to work through that together um as a group uh we just thought would be more more rewarding um than as as just an individual fantastic response I'm uh, I'm reliving all of the FOMO that I had, uh, you know. So, um, and and you know, the the only thing I will say is um, I'm surprised Khakis didn't DQ the winning team for their uh, groiner form. Um, and if you're out there, you know who you are. Uh, but anyway, I you know something that just came to mind, and and I'm curious because um, I, I know myself, I've I've had conversations with my M about if you could only see. Like if you could only participate in what I experience in the mornings, you you would probably let me go every day. Uh, but um, and I don't know. I'm sure other guys have had that conversation too, where it's like, gosh, if, if I could, like I can't explain it. I, I show up to these workouts, 
and I build relationships with these other men and I can't explain what, what, how it works or why, or, or the feeling. Um, and so this might be, uh, you know, one of those things I'm thinking about my eight block and maybe, maybe this event uh, coming up this year is a date opportunity with my M, right? Maybe, maybe that's how I work it in. And, and she gets that uh, sort of exposure to what F3 is all about. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit though. So, so you did this event and then this event, helped to raise even more money to fund what was kind of the initial vision of Sparty it, it, were these scholarships. And I, I don't know, I, I just, when I um, read this uh, newsletter and I, and I think about these young men um, that were able to impact, I mean, talk to me a little bit about some, maybe the conversations you've had with them or just the feeling of being able to commit to supporting them in their um, for their education, what what's that been like? What's that experience uh, taught you? Yeah, so you know, we shared a lot of the backstory, and and we didn't know how the first year was going to go. We didn't know if we we're going to get anybody to actually even fill out and submit an application, or what would happen. And so, so far, we've shared a lot of really cool things, and I think uh, things that guys from F three can relate to. Um, but the experiences we got with these two um, gentlemen is something that can never be duplicated. And so we reached out to um, a few local um, partners that we had and shared this application. Uh, again, not knowing what we'd get, but the ones that we had done a really good job and put a lot of effort into were uh, North Star and Avenue Scholars. Um, reached out to Boys and Girls Club. I uh, was introduced to them through uh, Jamar Dorsey or Gorgeous George, as he's known in the gloom. Um, and also Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, which believe it or not, Nugent was the one that introduced me to them as he was a mentor for them for a long time. Um, and then just tried to get into as many schools as we could with the application. And there were two that came in that um, you read them and you're like, man, I, I really want to meet this guy. And so from day one, uh, what the foundation agreed upon was, you know, when these come in, uh, we'll discuss these applicants. Uh, we'll do, you know, some sort of group interview in some sort of capacity and then then we'll vote on them and so the first one that we got introduced to is andre williams um who is from omaha north he got uh brought to us from north star and he had an incredible story um he and his father two years ago about two and a half years ago now uh actually were homeless they lived in a homeless shelter and so to hear andre tell his story um of how important North Star was for him as he would go to this homeless shelter to sleep every night. But then he had this place where he could go for school, for friendship, for mentorship. Um, he got into rock climbing and mountain biking. Um, it was just, it was really powerful. And then when you meet the guy, uh, I'll let either of these two talk about Andre if they, if they want, but his smile is just it's glorious. It's a big smile. And you just know when you meet him, like this guy, he really can change the world. Like he is so smart. He's so passionate. Like he's, he's contagious in his personality. Like this is exactly what we want. And, and a recipient, the challenge we had with Andra, we weren't the only people that felt this way. Uh, he got about every single scholarship under the sun. <laughs> so uh, we were fortunate that um, the money that we were able to uh, you know, grant him, he was able to use for something that he forgot about to the last second, which was buying books. 
gotta have books for school. Um, and so Andre was just, he was an exceptional person, um, an exceptional leader at, at North Star. And so we were very lucky. Chavez came in um, and was a little different. Uh, I think he was a little more rough on the edges. Uh, he was an athlete, which I think a handful of us could really relate to. Um, and I think you can tell what was different about him is that even at the age of 17, he was a tremendous leader. And he was really good at lifting up other people, helping out at his church, helping out at Boys and Girls Club. Um, and even at the age of 17, like he was able to articulate, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to wrestle. I'm going to get a business degree. Then I want to start a business where I help young boys and teach them how to wrestle. I was like, this dude is going to fit in perfectly at F3. And so both of these guys, they just had incredible personalities, very different. Uh, but both are, are passionate people. They want to lead. They want to help others. They see the value in that. One thing I want to point out is uh, just the amazing job that, that Sparty did in, in uh, developing these relationships with these organizations. Um, you know, we don't find Andra, we don't find Jabez if it's not for Sparty going out and uh, meeting Scott Hazelrig at North Star and uh, meeting the guys at Avenue Scholars and making the connections with the, with, with the Boys and Girls Club. Because uh, we, didn't, we didn't have that. I mean, that, that, that was all, that was, we were a brand new foundation trying to raise money for, for a scholarship. Sparty uh, kind of blazed the trail, so to speak. I mean, it's one thing to, to send out an application to uh, high school counselors and, and even some of these organizations. But if you don't really get in there and tell them who you are and what you're about, uh, you know, those, those applications might kind of fall on deaf ears. So uh, huge kudos to Sparty for, for doing that. There are hundreds of millions of dollars worth of scholarships throughout this country that are given away to so many people that are deserving. What was important in F3 Omaha's foundation specifically with this was not a transaction, but this was a relationship. Somebody that we got to know over time that we included that was a part of our community. And that continues to be <clears throat> a part of this process both of those young men having an attachment, a mentorship, being in our community, and, and ultimately a goal to have an AO and leading is, is wonderful. Um, so it was really conscious decision to get to know these individuals, these gentlemen, their families, if they're willing to share that. Um, it just makes it so much uh, more impactful. The next time that we go around and share our mission of F3 Foundation, what we're trying to do, um, here are the real stories of the people that we're trying to have relationships with. And it just feels that much better to get involved. I know you have a couple uh, kind of big announcements, maybe some save the date uh, type of stuff um, for guys uh, on this upcoming year. Um, Sparty, do you wanna just share kind of uh, maybe some changes in the foundation leadership and, and what date should we be marking on our calendar or maybe what month for the event this year? Yeah, thanks. Um, so as many of you probably know, our brother Lemon Law uh, recently got an opportunity um, to move to Kearney. Uh, we're super excited about that and supportive of him. Um, and as a result, it, it opened up a position within uh, our board of directors. And so um, I think it was an easy conversation with an awesome, you know, a guy that we were looking to fill that spot and someone that's been living this out and has been a tremendous leader um, 
and we reached out to Jean-Claude uh, either earlier this week or last week and offered him the position to join the board of directors and he accepted. So we're really excited for Jean-Claude to come on board and just a, a date to save. Uh, so we selected uh, May 21st to be the day for Brick Builder year two. Um, we did a lot of AAR after action reports um, for the first year. Um, and one of the things that came back was while June, it was really nice, good, pretty good weather. Uh, it's also summertime. There's a lot of people that had to miss um, because of vacations or things going on. And so we wanted to do it before vacation. We wanted to do it before Memorial Day, but we also didn't want it to be really crappy weather. So we landed on May 21st, which is a Saturday uh, that we'll be doing this again. As of right now, we have Creighton Prep penciled in to be the location. Um, unless something crazy happens and, and we get a different venue that we want to go with, uh, that's the plan. Hey, hey, Plague, one thing I wanted to throw out there, and I don't know, it, it probably doesn't fit in here, it probably fits in more towards the, the beginning of the conversation, but, you know, if anybody's listening to this and, and wondering, you know, why, why a foundation? You know, we, we do so many good things with NF3, why a, why a foundation? And, uh, and you kind of touched on it. I mean, uh, I love the freed to lead uh, concept mantra, uh, you know, and, and without the foundation, we've, we've done so many incredible things over the last three years. Um, you know, the turkey trot led by tube socks and uh, the Project Pink fundraiser uh, led by Escobar this year. Um, you know, and, uh, the, obviously the Queen Service, which, you know, they've been donating to the Hope Center for a long time. So um, we don't need a foundation to do things like that. And the foundation is not meant to replace things like that. And, and we certainly want to encourage the PACs uh, to continue to um, whether it be raise funds or, or lead through the third F, however they, they see fit and, and continue to be free to lead. I think one thing that the foundation offers is a, is a permanence and, and a legacy that can move forward and grow as F3 continues to grow. Um, you know, as Sparty mentioned, there's, there is a board right now that I'm a part of and Sparty's a part of and Tater Tot and Jean-Claude and Wait Time and Brazilian and Nodos, um, but we won't be the board members forever. Um, and we would like the, the foundation to continue to grow. Uh, and, and as we, um, you know, as we circle off, there'll be, there'll be new him that, that come on and, and continue to grow it. Um, I think the foundation was the best way to raise funds for the scholarship. And I think there are some ideas or, or <clears throat> some possibilities or opportunities for the foundation to support other causes going forward. Uh, but just want to be clear that the PACs should continue to uh, lead uh, as their heart sees fit uh, for whatever causes they, they want to. Um, so uh, it, it's it, so cool seeing these, um, these other third F um, opportunities come up uh, when, when guys are just compelled to, to lead. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, you know, like I said, the foundation is about leaving a legacy uh, you know, and, and continuing to move forward uh, with that. But, but by no means are we meant, you know, trying to take over the third F or replace any, any individual's efforts to uh, make a difference uh, in their community or, or something that means uh, a lot to them. 
Absolutely. No, I, I think that's, and that's good to clarify too, because I think um, some of those things, you know, blood drives have become a, a staple uh, for us, you know, as often as guys can, can give blood and that's a, an important cost too. So it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't negate or take away any of those other opportunities. I, I love that. Cause I think um, if you have something you're passionate about, let's do it, you know? Um, and, and I love that. I do uh, just want to respect your time. So as, as we're kind of wrapping up, what um, anything else you guys would share or um, things that you feel like we maybe didn't touch on that you want to get out there for guys to hear? Uh, I guess I could share. So um, this actually kind of piggybacks on what big one was just sharing and, and thanks for, for going that route. One of the goals that I had with, going down this path while I am very passionate about this and this is I feel like the ultimate problem that I'm trying to solve I was really hoping that at some point this also uh, sparked an interest in other PACS members to see like oh wow if, if I have something that I'm passionate about and I want to run with I have the support to do that um, and I, I've talked with Tater about this a lot that I was really hoping that at some point, and I didn't know when it would happen, that this would start to, you know, uh, move towards PACS members all across the region to start, you know, being passionate about what they want to have an impact on in the community. And I don't think that this actually did. I think we just naturally um, got there. Um, and that, that brings me, you know, a tremendous amount of joy, but I, I want this to serve as an example of how we can leverage the PACs to do incredible things and make an impact in the community. And that this is, this is not about me. This is not about my mission or my purpose. Um, but maybe just see it as an example of what you can also achieve. Um, so that's, that's all I would want to share. I would say our opportunity, here's some numbers for you. If, if people are still listening in at, the 64 minute mark. <clears throat> in 2018, we had 137 FNGs or PACS members. In 2019, we added 269 more. In 2020, we added 339. In 2021, we added 531 new guys. Our growth right now is allowing ourselves to have a monumental impact in 2022. If you are passionate about something, I promise you there's somebody else that's in the packs that's willing to listen, get behind you, and help you lead your mission, whatever that is. And I think that is the beauty of the power of the packs that we talk about. Hi, Rob. Uh, that's fantastic, man. And I think it just continues to grow. Uh, that's the, it's the amazing thing, right? And that is, uh, I think, what invigorating male community leadership is all about right teaching guys how to uh you know get right live right lead right and leave right and giving them a pathway you know to bring their ideas to fruition so I, that's that's amazing Tater. I'm, I'm speechless one did you say there was an fng at battlefield today fingers <laughs> fingers 532 <laughs> for 2021 my apologies fingers that's incredible. All right, fellas, I'll uh, start us off in the name of Rama here. Thanks for this time. I, I think, you know, it's important that guys are aware of, of this um, 
just not only the information, but the journey and, and the perspectives that you guys have shared. You know, I think as we look back at all the other guys we've interviewed and we've talked about, right, everybody kind of gets to this point where they've identified like where they're at on the, on the three F's, right. Fitness, fellowship and faith. And I'm, I'm getting stronger. My biceps are bigger. I have more friends now. I enjoy coffee and, um, and I've been to a few Q source studies and I volunteer. Um, but ultimately learning and hearing from you all, how, how do you go from, from that experience in F3, which we all love and is fantastic, but to actually, okay, what's my ULP, and then how do I actually move forward on solving that problem? I, so, so I think the example um, that you three have provided uh, is phenomenal. Thank you for the opportunity, Plague. Yeah, thanks, Plague. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, if, you, if you're an avid listener, we have a couple million followers that listen <laughs> on a weekly basis. Uh, but if you've noticed, so Big One and Tater have not been on for their uh, you know individual interview. Where their calendars are just uh packed jam-packed read between the lines plug we're trying to trying to get them trying to get them uh get them on here so um you could you could uh vote vote for that on a future episode but anyway this is uh brandon flea hardy 36 the plague plague. Plague. mark well with 37 sparty Sparty. matt garland 41 big one big one big, big one, one. And I'm Adrian Ryder. I'm 41. Tater tot. Tater tot. Tater tot. Love you guys. Thanks for your time today. Okay.